Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Ripper, The Teller, and The Gremlin. We are on episode 17 now, which is great. Um, and I am going to start off today just with a quick um, revision of last week's episode. On last week's episode, I barely had a voice. Today, I've got my full voice back, which is great. Um, so you're going to hear a lot more from me today. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was we did a segment last week where we discussed our favourite moments from gaming, and it was specifically gaming intros last yeah, week. Yeah, our favourite uh, opening, wasn't it? That was it, mm-hmm. yeah. And my answer to that question, which I told you I was going to kick myself about, was Far Cry 3, which I stand by being up there for one of my favourite gaming openings. Mm-hmm. However, I remembered one straight after the podcast, and I said... I'm going to talk about this next week and I hope that you both agree that this is definitely up there in the memorable ones. Um, So I was thinking what game openings really gripped me and all of a sudden it just sprung to mind and I sat and rewatched it on my phone and I was like, yeah, that's definitely worth mentioning. Do you remember the intro to the first last of us? Uh, Yeah. So obviously it starts off at the start of the I, I thought did, didn't you didn't you didn't you say yes. a different one to me though? What sorry? Did, did I thought you said a different one to me when we were talking about it the other day? What did you mean? Did, did you I? not or did I make that up? <laughs> oh I said no, I I don't know. I think you made that up. I'm not sure, maybe. I think Chris is Chris is frazzled today. Um no, anyway, so basically The Last of Us, this is the one I wanted to talk about. Um you start the you start the game as Joel and it starts off right at the start of the apocalypse, but it's it's hectic. You don't know what's going on. The mm-hmm. apocalypse kind of starts. People are crashing into each other. You've got streets flooded with people, and you are trying to protect your daughter. And I think you've got your uh, your brother with you as well. And right. you're kind of making your way through the streets, and you're carrying slash walking with like running with your daughter in arms uh, and trying to keep her safe. And there's like chaos everywhere. And I don't know if you remember, but there's a couple of close encounters and I think your brother tries to save you at one point as well. And I remember you get to the edge of the town uh, after a car crash and all that sort of thing. And you get to the edge of the town and you're frantic. Like you just like don't know what's happening. And then you run into a, uh, like a, a guard and he's obviously been tasked with stopping the spread of this outbreak or whatever. And he tells you to not move and uh, things get a bit heated and his gun goes off. And does anyone remember? Mm-hmm. And it, and then you realise that your daughter's been hit. Yeah. And and then it's all really emotional and gripping. And I remember playing that, and I watched it back, and I was like, "Wow, that is got to be up there with the most like gripping intro." Oh, because, yeah. Just because it really grips you into the game as well, and it's like, and then obviously it jumps so far in the future after that, like you know, the world's gone, mm-hmm. um, Joel's older and it's like so much time has passed but yeah i just remember it being such a like whoa what a start because she gets obviously she you know it's just phenomenal the like the beginning of how quickly you become attached to these characters i think a large part yeah you don't even know this woman or or this girl or him or yeah anyone do you the 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 actual it's just the little interactions they have like she um gives him a watch for his birthday yeah, and and he he makes like a joke like where'd you get the money from? And she's like, "Ah, oh, selling drugs." And like you instantly start to like them both and love their relationship exactly. together as yeah. like a father yeah. and daughter. It's just really adorable. And so mm. when that does happen, already it's like and you yeah you're, you're instantly like, oh hit my God. with emotion. Yeah, because exactly. you've instantly become attached to them. Whereas I've played games where you get to the end and the character dies, and mm. I've been like, eh, mm. oh well, yeah, yeah, whatever. 
but yeah, that but, is instantly like wow that that's like so upsetting and and, and if anything that just oh. shows the level of story writing that has and, mm-hmm. you know, like the characters that that has in the game mm-hmm. um but yeah so that that was just but something i, I, to bring I, up I mean that, that's interesting i just wanted to say quick that's uh that would be i think that would be a very popular um the mm-hmm. best opening for a lot I'm of surprised people we didn't bring it up yeah i mean i didn't it, i didn't well think done, it. no um, i know it just it just come to mind afterwards i was trying to think of older games and that that just like come into my mind and i was like oh that's actually a really good one but yeah went into your noggin <laughs> it did go straight into my noggin um so anyway i'm going to go straight onto the news now though i just wanted to get that that off my chest really uh, <laughs> and i only have a couple of really short bits of news today so i thought might as well just f- rattle through them as quick as possible to be honest and just get our little bits in to say about them so i'll start off with a sadder one for me anyway and that is that netflix has confirmed that mindhunter will not return for a season three and I don't know if either of you have even watched Mindhunter. I don't think I've ever spoken not. to you about it. I, I think I watched I like two episodes and right. then like we were just like, and then we just yeah. didn't go back to it. It's, it's, do you know what? Mindhunter is a great program. And I, especially for me, like it's a hundred percent a bit of me. Um, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And it's, if you like the, if you're interested and fascinated by, you know, real life serial killers and things like that, it's, it's all based around real serial killers um, and these two detectives, they come up with their own department where they study, uh, well, they study the, the mind basically of a serial killer and they use them to help catch others basically. Um, mm-hmm. And they cooperate with them and things like that. And it's just a brilliant show. It's quite dark. It's quite twisted. And I really love the show. So finding out they're not going to make a season three is kind of gutting because season two ends on a bit of a cliffhanger as well, which is even oh, more annoying. Right. Um, it like Don't get me wrong. It doesn't end where it's like, oh, they need to make another one. But it doesn't end with a close, with closure, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. And that, so it's a bit gutting to see that they're not making it. But it's not really much else can be said about it. Just that I'm sure if there's people out there that listen to this that have watched Mindhunter, they'll probably feel the same as I did because where it's based on real life cases and real serial killers, it would have been such an easy show to carry on for further seasons because it's not like they're ever going to run out of stories to cover. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and obviously amongst these real serial killer cases, there is also like an underlying plot. You know, it's not just about going case to case. It's obviously to do with these detectives and the lives that they're leading. Um, so yeah, it, it was a great show. And I think if you're interested in that sort of thing, you should definitely go check out season one and season two because there's not mm-hmm. a load of it. I think there's 10 episodes each. So um, yeah, it's definitely worth looking at. But sadly, it will not return. Um, moving on to some news that's... Uh, I don't know if I can actually say this is good news. I think I can just say it's news and we'll go from there. <laughs> uh, this is about a film and its sequel. A film that I can't really even bring myself to say the name of. We have been, it is confirmed that the film The Meg will be getting a sequel. Now, if you have seen The Meg, which I believe Chris hasn't. No, I don't know I've, has. I've, I've watched the I first 15 either. minutes. Round. Chris, yeah, you don't even need to, yeah, that's too much. Um, and I was like, Jason Statham, so, <laughs> you are not a scientist. You're no, so unbelievable. You know what? I wished my brother was on here today because he, he has said, in his words, categorically, he has never watched a worse film in his life. And he said, <laughs> you, I guarantee you could sit me down in front of some, like, I might watch him make the last, uh, make him watch The Last Airbender. 
and see what <laughs> see if he thinks that's worse. See how it stacks but, up. But honestly, I've watched it as well, and it is just dreadful. Like it is dreadful. The acting is. I'm sorry. I mean, Jason Statham. I love him as a person. I love him in his films. But my God, it is just terrible. For a start, he tries to do an American accent, and that just doesn't. No, you just, never make Jason do any yeah. other accent. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's on the top number of that, one rule of Jason. And, and on top of that, it's like it could have been a good movie because I quite like giant monster movies, um, mm-hmm. even if they're tacky. But it doesn't even do the Meg right. Like it just, it's just awful. The the dialogue, Bradley, is just. I'm sure Chris can tell so, you from the first so, fifteen so, minutes. So, so quick spoiler awful. for the Meg, isn't there? <laughs> isn't there two Megs? That's the big twist. Yeah, yeah. Because they think they kill it, don't they? Uh, yeah. Early on in the film, <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, that's not the Meg." And it's so that's. But the even twist. that moment is just yeah, and even that even that moment is just the dialogue and the the way it's. Uh, played is just atrocious I, mean, I don't mean it horribly to these actors and actresses but my god it is a travesty and the cgi isn't great jason statham as you said is not a scientist and why are you putting that role i'm confused it's not like he fist fights the shark uh, this so i don't know what his purpose is there um it's just a terrible film around but it's getting a sequel nevertheless um yeah, I don't know. Apparently, this one is about discovering a Chronosaurus. Is it a Chronosaurus? Coronosaurus right? or something. Coronosaurus. Um, which is an ancient sea dinosaur. I mean, I just hope that it's something better than the first one, but I can't <laughs> tell you it will be. Uh, I'm going to make a, a pod prediction now. I reckon, I reckon Jason Statham is going to team up with the Meg to bring down the Coronosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's just, that's why I said it can't really be classed as good news because if you've seen the first one, Bradley, all I would say to you, watch the trailer for the first one and you'll get enough of a glimpse into why you shouldn't watch it. (laughs) It's just Um, terrible. Um, And my brother actually stomached the whole film. Oh, can we? Can we do an article on it? Yeah. Please, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll, that. we'll add that to the list. So yeah, that, that's all I've got to say on that. You know, um, let's just pray that it's better than the first one in some way or another, even if it's just cool destruction or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it just there's so many bad moments. I just I've got them reeling through my head and it just <laughs> face palm. Um, but yeah, so that that's it for those two pieces of news. I told you they are both short and sweet. Moving on to the last bit of news, which is a little bit more in depth, but still not too much to talk about. It's to do with the Fast and Furious franchise, which we've joked about on here a couple of times, especially when we heard about Fast and Furious in space. In space. If anyone remembers that conversation. Well, Mm -hmm. this is similar to that kind of news with uh, some of the the terminology, I guess. But we have got confirmation that Fast and Furious has an end game in sight. Now, Chris has put here, prepare for the Fast and Furious Infinity War and Fast End Game. Well, basically, they want to do something similar with the Fast and Furious franchise. So the, they're saying that their, their mainline series is looking to end around film 10 or film 11. Um, okay. just, Justin Lin will direct. He's obviously done a few of the films already. Yeah, and, and Nine's and not out yet. I was going to say Nine's not even out yet. That's the one where I'm pretty sure in the trailer, not for number nine, I think I told John you about Cena. before. Yeah, but Vin Diesel grabs a car midair, like catches a car. 
like flips no. towards him and he catches. He does him, it. Pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's either him or John Cena. One of them does it. It's pretty mad. But anyway, I mean, it's great that we're getting another two more films because they're getting more and more chaotic and more and more ridiculous. So the fact that we're getting two, two potentially three more films after number nine is great because I just want to see what happens. What is Vin Diesel is going to be like a cyborg by the end of it, isn't it? <laughs> or, or like it's just going to be so crazy. But it's kind of reassuring me in a little bit that they've got a, an end game in sight because I just mm-hmm. want them to kind of finish these films off now. Like they're cool and everyone likes them for the dumb fun they are, but they are just ridiculous. And actually, strangely enough, again, my brother has watched the Fast and Furious um more recent films uh, recently he watched i think six or seven or one of them recently and he was saying like when you watch them back after not seeing them for quite a long time they are fun but they are just so ridiculous like even yeah. early on they were ridiculous like but now they're just stupidly ridiculous mm-hmm. so um yeah i mean we'll see what happens but i don't know are you glad that they're coming to an end as well will you watch them is the question what's the real question I think I'm still one behind. I'm not sure. Oh, are you? You've not seen the last one? I don't think so. Hobbs and Shaw, I might have. That, although it doesn't class technically as part of the same list of films, Hobbs and Shaw I actually really enjoyed. It's ridiculous. Oh, really? Yeah, really it's a spin-off, it. isn't it? Same, it is, same, and I really but... enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I actually thought it was better than the last Fast and Furious film. But, oh. um, but you should definitely watch them all, Bradley. I feel like it, you're, you have to at least see them all. Uh, yeah, that's once. the problem. But I do... I do feel like they are getting too ridiculous and I that's mean, my if, if, they are. if i'm right in vin diesel catching a car after it flips towards him then like they, they that just reached a peak that's what i mean that that just seems like you know it was like you said it was always ridiculous but like at, this is new at a believable level it was ridiculous like yeah. when you well, look at the first few films see, see i quite like, like the last thing I'll say is that I've always loved the films just for the cars and the racing and stuff, but they've obviously gone so far away from the cars and the racing now. It's all about action now. Mm-hmm. And what I did like about Hobbs and Shaw was that it was a bit more believable, the unrealisticness. And I know that sounds stupid, but the reason it was believable was because the bad guy, Idris Elba in that, he was he had an exoskeleton which made him superhuman so the stuff he was doing yeah but like but but that was a weird sentence to it make. was a weird sentence yeah but it's I mean not believable because he has an but, exoskeleton but i mean yeah they, no, but what they, i mean is like they how made do they him, beat him they, jack through the power they, of punching harder and oh no yeah no it's, it's pretty much it is pretty and much it's like it's hang on he's badly. way stronger than you he's way tougher yeah. and you just beat him through punching a bit harder and having friendship well <laughs> kind of pretty much it's about like how jason statham and the rock become end up going from enemies to friends and learning to use brute oh. strength versus brute but, strength versus I mean, ninja flip kicks to kind exoskeleton uh idris elba should have just like killed them to be honest well i mean he does nearly kill them about a hundred times in this movie <laughs> strangely enough they survive every one but he does nearly do it quite a few times. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, what I mean is that it was at least you could explain some of the madness by okay. the fact that he was superhuman. Do you know what I mean? Like he wasn't yeah. a mere mortal. So it made <laughs> a bit more sense. But anyway, so yeah, that moving away from Fast and Furious, uh, I can't wait to see where these films end up. I just want to see the last one. I need to hear Dominic um, say, I need to hear him say family a couple more times in this franchise. <laughs> he says it every film. And then they do like a dramatic like pan of the camera and then there's like the, a team up scene. The final line heist. The final line should just be him like going family and like lifting up a, a desperados. Yeah. Or a corona or whatever <laughs> exactly, he dreams. Yeah, exa- exactly that. Yeah. 
<laughs> but anyway, that's all I've got to say. That's all my news for today. So, I've just though, got one easy. thing to say about all that. Is they yeah. said that this um, could see a team up of all the Fast and Furious villains. Yeah, they're just crazy. So what if the secret mastermind is the dodgy DVD salesman from the first movie? <laughs> <laughs> He's the ringleader. He's been behind it this whole time. Could be. Could do you be. remember like? Do you remember Hector in the early ones? The the um, Mexican guy. The one yeah, with who did the whole mice thing. Was that Hector? Oh, sorry. Did he do the mice thing? Mice. Yeah, he put the he put the rat on on the dudes. You know, oh, so yeah, no, no, no. Hector's the guy who, in the early ones, he owns he just owns a garage like a workshop, um, and he hangs it like he does deals with them for like um, like parts and things like that. But anyway, that bloke, if you actually look him up, I'm pretty sure he's played a Mexican guy called Hector in everything. Like he actually, if you look at, if you looked him up, you would know who he was straight away, and you would go, "Oh, he plays a Mexican gangster and everything." And I'm pretty sure his name's Hector. <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a weird casting, honestly. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's me done for the news today. So I will let you crack on, Bradley. Okay. So first up uh, this week, I want to talk about Xbox and they're moving away from uh, producing consoles this year. So. When the Xbox Series X was first announced, uh, their, their release images were instantly hit with a series of responses saying how it looked like a fridge. And they were, you know, they, they didn't really take any offense to it. PS5 was receiving the same thing, getting called a Wi-Fi router. A Wi-Fi so, router, yeah. Yeah, so, so no one really was winning. It's not like they were at a major disadvantage. Um, but they've actually started to, to fully embrace the the cold household appliance of refrigerator and they've recently released the trailer for the xbox series x fridge and it is a full-size fridge and it like fully functioning and it looks amazing honestly like i I want one (laughs) it's it is literally an xbox series x design but as a full fridge and uh yeah and the the best part is uh now until November 4th. So actually, to be fair, by the time this podcast goes up, it will probably be too late, unfortunately. But they're actually holding a sweepstakes to give away a fridge to a lucky fan. No way. And yeah, so you can actually gain one of these beautiful fridges yourself. Like These fridges are really nice. They're the, the full design and they have the logo up in the top left and it glows and it's a really big logo. But I mean, imagine saying that, yeah, like, imagine being able to say you actually have an Xbox fridge. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's cool, isn't it? Really? Yeah. And like, it looks so like, I think it looks really sleek being that like black finish, black, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and having that big logo. I love, I love the logo. It's just so big because it's all scaled up. Like it's mm. a one, to, like it's a one-to-one um, scale in terms yeah. of like, so the logo is huge and it just looks so nice. And they, they recently gave Snoop Dogg the first fridge for his birthday wow <laughs> exactly yeah it's just cool. wow he loves it as well <laughs> i mean exactly yeah who wouldn't it's just such a like class fridge to have like, everybody's got these like you know generic fridges, fridges and you have a yeah. giant xbox series x as a fridge, as a fridge. I, I just oh, it's just I, I just can't believe as well how how much microsoft i know that they've said oh we love the memes we enjoy the memes but, but like really embraced it that yeah this is <laughs> like move this is next level like it's just such clever marketing mm-hmm. yeah 
So it is just really nice to see Microsoft interacting again with you know, in the like, fans in, and embracing in, these memes. You know, in Dark Knight Rises, when um, Batman Bane fight, yeah, and he says that speech about, um, you know, uh, you merely adopted the dark. I was born in the dark, molded by it. You know that whole speech, yeah? Like, you can yeah. see Microsoft um, saying that to PlayStation about embracing the memes. I was, I was born with the memes, molded by it. <laughs> you really just adopted the memes. I like, used to use like, the memes to mock me. Then I embraced yeah. the memes. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. But yeah, I, I'm amazed by this news, and I actually I think it's so cool. And again, it just shows how Microsoft are just so current with the times as well. Like mm-hmm. you know, why fight it? Why why be embarrassed by it? Instead, yeah, okay, we'll just use some money to make some fridges for you. Yeah, you think exactly. So it's, I want one. That's so all good. I'm saying. Yeah, me too. It's just like, oh, it's such a shame they're only doing, I think they're only giving away one, which, oh. yeah, I know. Which Imagine if I win it. Imagine how angry it would be. <laughs> yeah, but where would you put it? In um, my room. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it, it could fit. Like, it would be big and it would take up a lot of space. But if you had the room in your room. Okay, I'll make room. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, you've just got a giant Xbox in your room. Like, that's yeah. all that is. It's crazy, but... Yeah, so moving away from Xbox, uh, getting into the kitchen appliances market, we have a piece <laughs> of news. <laughs> we have a piece of news about Assassin's Creed teaming up with Netflix. He's so, so excited. Yeah, so Netflix have actually announced they will it, be yeah. will be working. I did steal this. Jack also wanted to talk about this, but, but I, I Bradley. I got him <laughs> first. Like, like Chris. Um, yeah. So yeah, they've actually announced that they'll be working with Ubisoft to produce a live-action Assassin's Creed series. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, if you've ever seen this type of thing, this isn't the first time Assassin's Creed has been live-action. And that previous endeavour, I think we can all agree, wasn't very good. No, oh, I no mean, one... M- Michael Fassbender is amazing, but he, yeah, he that, is. Everywhere, everything else is, and there's a good cast actually. But apart from yeah. that, everything else in that movie is yeah, questionable, mm-hmm. to say the least. They just, they just didn't make a very good character for him either. I mean, no, what was it Callum? He was quite boring. Yeah. The script is, the <laughs> actors are good, but the script is really yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, they've actually described it as a high budget genre bending. TV show, which sounds incredible and sounds exactly what Assassin's Creed is. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as I said, Ubisoft will be working with Netflix. That it will just be really good. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not. Do we know if Ubisoft were? I don't know that Ubisoft did. Series? I don't know if they I'm had any. Sure. No, I'm not sure if they did have anything any involvement with in the previous film. Do you know, Chris? Uh, what with the film? The first yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, that was well, Ubisoft's big venture. Um, they were. That's what I mean. Completely... Their executive producers were involved. Yeah, uh, no, you, Ubisoft had a heavy hand in that movie. Oh God, maybe it's a bad thing. Um, but they've never made movies before. You can't just go from video games to movies and like. Yeah, that is a good point. Like, it's such a different medium. Um, and what works in a video game doesn't necessarily work in movies, which very clearly doesn't work in movies. Um, yeah. so I, but I don't think those movies were, were like the old stuff. I, I, I think as there were people there who cared about Assassin's Creed, hmm. um, I think 
if, if you wanted to have a look at it, I think you could tell they were trying to get something out of it. I, yeah, I would more yeah, blame sure. the director and um, mm. whoever, you know, penned the script. Right. Yeah. One, one of the coolest things... One of the coolest things I ever saw about that film when it was made was, I don't know if anyone ever saw this, the behind the scenes, the, the, the leap of faith. Did you ever see them shoot that? Cause yeah. the, so, so the stunt man, it was real, like a real free fall jump off the, and they did it from three different heights to see what camera shot looked best. And the stunt man just did it with just like a, a crash mat thing at the bottom. Oh, seriously. Um, and he just did it. Yeah. But one of them was over a hundred foot. The last jump, it was like 130 foot or something. The, the last jump. Yeah. And Jesus. like it showed you from the top where he was about to jump off. And he was like, like he said, like, oh my star, even my stomach's going a little bit. And I was like, you gotta give him props for like throwing yeah. yourself off that, I, I, not I mean, tethered. He it's said mad. as well, didn't he? It's like if you looked, it, they showed you what it looked like from up there, and he said, "Yeah, it literally looks like a uh, a tight, like it looks like my, it looks like my thumb." Yeah, the mat, the mat. yeah. That he's got mm. to aim for. Mad, honestly. Mm. If you watch the video, Bradley, you'll be able to find it online. Just literally, like it's like a couple minute video, just them talking about how they shot the leap of faith, and like it, it shows you him doing the jump, and that it's incredible. That's you got to give him credit for that, because obviously it's important that they got that yeah. right. But um, back to the old Netflix deal. Mm. What what do you sort of think about this then? Or are you guys quite buzzed? I'm for excited. This, I'm, I'm excited. Obviously, there's always a risk. For in my opinion, there's always risks they'll do it wrong or, or that it won't be great, but. I am really excited, and I think there's a, the fact it's going to be a series as well um, has a lot of uh, a lot of promise to it. To be honest, yeah. And to be fair, I've been really happy. I know people haven't, but I've been really happy with most of the adaptations that have come out of Netflix so far. Mm. And I think this yeah. series really, really deserves a second uh, second chance at live action. It does, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such a, a diverse universe. Like you know, there's yeah. so much in there that and, and, there's there's definitely room for them to make yeah. a lot, do a lot of good with it. And Netflix has sort of described this show as a uh, genre bending show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a, cool. it sounds like there's going to be a lot going on there. You know. Yeah. Which is exciting. Um, yeah. And this deal okay. actually includes. Yeah. Do you have anyone um, saying that? Yeah, just the, the deal also includes anime and animation show series as well, mm. which mm-hmm. is which would also cool. be really cool. I'm all I'm all up for some animated Assassin's Creed. Yeah. That oh yeah, me cool, too. Really cool. Yeah. 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 So I think that's all we have to say for the minute. We really don't know anything. No, just that. Yeah, just they did a cool little logo, really, and then just announced it, didn't they? That was it. But yeah, we're excited. We're pessimistically excited. Mm. As always, when we don't know enough. Did we, uh, I think, did Bradley disappear? I don't know if we had a technical issue here, because Bradley disappeared, I think. Oh? Did Bradley disappear? I think he might have. Son Bradley. I think summon Bradley. We need to like do like some sort of satanic ritual or something. I don't know what's going on. I think he's disappeared. So my good. internet keeps going. Uh, oh, there he is. Connecting and yeah, <laughs> and coming back. Would you, Apologies. Would you like to try and carry on? <laughs> what, what, uh, your next bit of news? Yeah, well, I'll get straight to my next bit of news. Right, <laughs> completely disappear again, um, and that is to do with Call of Duty's Warzone. 
So, he, yeah, we're not really... Jack was a massive fan when it we first came out. Very, very yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. I don't hate it. I just don't like the file space. Yeah, see, that, that, and that's one of the things I'm going to talk about. That's why I wanted to talk about this subject. So, uh, the Battle Royale is being integrated with Black Ops Cold War. And this means that weapons uh, and characters from Cold War will be brought into the experience, but it will still be run in the Warzone's uh, IWA engine, I believe it is. So it's not going to be transferred over to Black Ops Cold War's kind of engine. It's going to stay as it is, but it will integrate with Black Ops Cold War. So it's kind of weird Mm -hmm. at the minute. People don't really know exactly how that's going to work. Um, but they have, so they have said that it will keep all of its existing content, which is why they've said that it's not going to um, integrate with that engine. It's going to stay its own thing, and it's going to keep everything it already has, and they're just going to add to it rather than taking it, removing everything, and starting again. Um, so I think that it's like really cool because this is the first time that they've pretty much ever shared something between them, between yeah, Infinity between War the two games yeah, yeah this cool. is the first time they've ever been like oh should we just both work on this and they're like yeah yeah that'd be nice to have something mm, we can yeah. both share but um i think that's like a really neat thing for the first time ever that they're actually getting along and they're like should we just add to one thing to make it the best it can be rather than just rehashing it every yeah. year and well this, I, I weirdly you've gone sorry chris go it, it, could, it could create like um the the, the best thing out of cod because you know Mm. You, you get this fusion of all the games, basically, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get, it's constantly updated, constantly. Instead of COD, which always feels like, oh, one a year, then you throw it away. Then one a year, yeah. and then you throw, throw it away. back to another year. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of said that, uh, strangely enough, I said this when I talked about the beta brief in the previous episode, I, uh, or whenever it was. I said, didn't I, that some of the bigger game modes on multiplayer felt like they were taken out of Warzone which is really strange because now that knowing that they're going to do this kind of makes me wonder that kind of see that it's already partly there if you know what I mean like there was Mm -hmm. definitely elements of those big game modes even the armor and things like that which felt like playing Warzone so it's obviously partly there anyway but um yeah I'm I'm interested to say the least and you know I, I don't know again yeah, yeah, so Warzone was a brief, was a hit and miss for me. But um, yeah. <laughs> see, I'm not a fan. I've literally never played Warzone. Two hundred gig. Yeah, see, this is what I want to talk about. So, I've never played Warzone, but I've really, really enjoyed the Modern Warfare campaign, and I was Love like, I was quite, um, you know, I, I played quite a bit of the multiplayer, just the the arena based yeah. multiplayer, and now that I kind of go in this way of Warzone is uh, uh, shared kind of property between the different uh developers make it a fully separate thing yeah make call of duty Warzone. so and then you don't have to have it installed yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. do you know you the do. worst thing is that when i i went to like update cod the other day i hadn't done it in ages uh, in ages because i knew how big it was now and i it was literally yeah. like oh you've got like 150 gig update and i'm like well i'm not doing that so i just uninstalled it and was like right I want to see if I can just install uh, what I want to play. So I go to install it and I'm like, oh, brilliant. Modify install. You can install the parts you want to play. So I go to go to look through it and it, it's got a campaign ticked. It's got multiplayer ticked. It's got special ops ticks. I'm like, okay, I don't need special ops. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave multiplayer and I'll leave campaign. And then I go to untick Warzone, and it doesn't let you. 
<laughs> it doesn't let you not install Warzone, no, even though I, I bought this game and I just want to replay the campaign and, and maybe a bit yeah. of multiplayer. And I have to install what is over 129 mm, yeah, gigs. It's a joke. And you've got to spend all that those hours play. as well. Waiting yeah, for it to install. So, yeah, exactly. And my internet's awful, as we've just seen. By the time you, by the time <laughs> anyway, you start... So it, <laughs> by the time literally, you fully installed it, you'll, um, by the time you fully installed it, the new Call of Duty will be out anyway. Literally. And this is my problem. And I, I, I literally just didn't install it. I want to replay the COD campaign, and mm. I'm not going to. I bought that game, and I won't play it because I don't want 250 gigs worth. No. Like, it's just ridiculous that they're making you install it. it. Why? In the mod, whoever designed the modify install... And then thought, yeah, they'll, they'll 100% need to have Warzone. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. I, I bought think, the game. I should be able to play the bits that I paid for. Yeah. It's just an incentive, I think, to try and get people either straight into Warzone or if you've just got Warzone because it makes you get normal Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. I think it's an incentive to buy Modern Warfare because it's already installed, isn't it? I think that. Yeah. I think it's all like get them playing it, get them... Yeah, and that's get, money. Get him to pay it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what it is, but I think I feel like they either need to implement. Angle. Yeah, but yeah. like the fact that they know that I've bought it already, surely they should then let me uncheck it. No, I don't that, think I, about yeah. that. They're, you've got that's skins. Yeah, purchased. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to remember they've already got my money. <laughs> yeah, they don't care about you anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> you've suckered like, in. <laughs> but literally, so this is why now that they're both kind of putting into it make it a separate thing it doesn't really make sense for it to be tied to one game if it's cross games so yeah, it should exactly. just be um in a, in a launcher mm. in the xbox games and apps just have it as a separate icon no, and it will load up and it'll it, it just be its own thing and then if i don't want warzone i don't have to have Warzone, <laughs> and i can finally play the really well-made campaign yeah, that they, you know campaign. spent all that because yeah. t- i'm literally not playing it because i i don't want warzone and it's, it, like that's just that's just sad that I can't play something that these developers spent a lot of time and effort and voice actors and mocap and things yeah. like that. I'm, I can't you know, play it. I've got to be because honest, they won't... I, I think yeah. you're asking for too much. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I kind of think you're asking them for too much. To <laughs> oh, <fair>. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, King Activision. I'll bow down. <laughs> Let me just buy a new SSD. Just consume every year. Get on with life. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. So I talked about all this just so I can say Activision make Warzone separate so I don't have to install 129 gigs. Thank yeah. you. That is my speech. I, I think most people, uh, 99% of people agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Which is there why it's be, ridiculous. There might be one kid and out there. That, like... And the 1% of people that don't agree work for Activision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So yeah, that is all of my news for the week, and I believe Chris. Yeah, something. To Chris, talk take about. it away. I've got some bits, and it actually, there was it was a sort of uh, corporate beefy bit, but um, I didn't do it, and Bradley didn't choose it, so uh, your 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 that segment will not be returning this week. Anyway, I'm sure we'll this have it week. back at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But I wanted to talk about something that I didn't even like. Firstly, something I didn't even know existed. So apparently, Quibi is dead. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> and I, I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> Wait, what is it? Uh, right. That's what so, I mean. so it's a Netflix-like streaming service that started in April. <laughs> and and yeah. the 
and the biggest problem for, for it was for most of its lifetime, it was only available on mobile phones. Okay. And it had like some huge deals. Like it was, it was, there was huge money behind it. And they wanted to, most of their content was sort of um, in the ballpark of five minutes to 10 minutes. Some shows right. were 20 minutes an episode. So their, their whole thing was they were trying to capitalize on people on the go, people traveling to work, people who didn't have long and just wanted like bite-sized content. Okay, that, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, so, so it's a good idea. But considering you can get that for free from TikTok and YouTube and all these other platforms, I, I don't know why you'd personally pay for bite-sized content when you get it for free from literally like all these social media sites and YouTube, like I said. Um, and, and apparently, you know, they had, they had some interesting bits going on. Um, at, at its height, there was 710,000 subscribers. Um, that, so that was, uh, that was uh, last month before it got cancelled. Um, wow. But, so, so that's how many they had, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. How many do you think they wanted in their first year? Millions. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah, they, they wanted 7.4 million. Okay. And, and they didn't hit a million. So, uh, I mean, it hadn't been out for a year, to be fair to them. But in mm-hmm. the time it had been out since April, it, it didn't manage to hit that million mark. Right. But I just feel like this was really badly marketed and needed well, to be available on TV. We know about it. Well, yeah. the thing is, yeah, is that hearing this description about what it was, it's actually made me feel really sorry for them because, like, I feel like they were trying to do a really good thing there. And, like, that even, like, you, like you said about the bite-sized things for people that are in, you know, quick travelling and things like that, I feel like that's actually a really good thing. And, like, I feel like mm-hmm. they tried to do something really unique there. And I actually feel really sorry. I just think he's got quite a cute name, actually, as well. Yeah, Scooby, it's and the I thought, name. And I feel, and I feel like it's now this little thing that's dead, and I'm like, oh, like... I feel you, I've got to agree with you. It was not marketed well because none of us had heard of it. And no. let's be real, us and, three and, are quite in the know of hearing stuff. Like, and like, why would you about? make a streaming service and not have it available on TV? Yeah, I know. especially with the fact that even when we went into lockdown, they didn't make the move till TV till way later. If you had any yeah. brain cells, you go, people going to lockdown, get us on television now, get us apps yeah. on the go now. And mm-hmm. um, and we're gonna push a marketing campaign while we're in lockdown because people yeah, are at home been... twiddling their thumbs. And all, and if they'd have dropped it cheaper than sort of like a Netflix membership, yeah, they'd have probably done way better. Yeah, mm. it's just it's a shame. Sometimes I feel like we're businessmen in secret. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like we'd feel like we'd run it really well, and then we'd run it into the yeah, ground. no, we wouldn't. Yeah, we'd run it into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so it's, it's quite a sad one because um, obviously they had a lot of projects uh that actually looked quite exciting different like rom-coms that like some history stuff going on they had a lot of nat geo sort of uh wildlife documentaries they were making so obviously all of that's gone in the can Mm. and it's estimated that uh, it was founded by about 200 people so obviously they've all lost their jobs and and they're obviously quite heartbroken because they really thought they had something um Something sort of special, right, going on? 
Yeah. But I mean, hopefully, um, if a lot of these projects, uh, you know, do well, hopefully, you know, we see some interest from Amazon or Netflix or all, any of the other streamers and they just swoop in and revive some of these um, projects mm-hmm. as, they're, yeah. as they're known to have done in the past, you know? Yeah. So maybe, maybe your quib- favorite Quibi show will get a revival. I mean, Lucifer <laughs> uh, got cancelled on television, then Amazon picked it up, then it got cancelled on Amazon, and then Netflix picked yeah. it up. Yeah. So, you know. I didn't know that Amazon picked it up first. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really annoying because there's only four, there's only season four on Netflix. So you have to go to Amazon to watch the first three seasons. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it's really oh, frustrating. No. So you have to like yo-yo between the platforms. <laughs> well, rest in peace, Quibi. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe just like work on your marketing department, I guess. Mm. If you, if you guys like go send on... Chris like a job application, like, would you like to be our marketing guy? Because you seem to know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I just I can't. Like literally, like I said, all of us were shocked. Even when I read yeah. this story, I was like, well, what? Like, where, where, what? what is it? Yeah. <laughs> Where's it been? Bizarre. Just I find it totally and utterly bizarre. Because like you say, we yeah, all agreed it it's not actually a... As much as it, it, it cuts into it. a market that yeah, kind yeah. of already exists. Um, it's I still don't think it's got a good idea. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll move away from beating the dead horse that is now Quibi. And uh, <laughs> we'll go into... Um, we, got, we got some Star Wars news. So, do you guys know anything about um, the High Republic? Nothing no. at all, really. And no, they're not—they're <laughs> not just smoking death sticks. Um, It's—it's—it's it's, it's a time period. It's kind of like um, the Old Republic, but obviously mm-hmm. that's like legends. But so they've high. gone like we don't want to do our own Old Republic, so we're going to do the High Republic. Okay. You know. So it's a it's a prequel. It's before the prequels, and it's meant to be the High Republic because it's the Republic and the Jedi at the height of their power. Oh, cool! And they're making a whole series of comic books and novels, and, um, and potentially maybe some animated shows, all set within oh. this sort of connected uh, prequel High Republic setting. Okay. And and I'm actually quite excited for it. I think uh, it, it looks really good. I, I like a lot of what's going on about it. They've got um, a, a huge, huge... There's like um, 12 authors working on this thing, all on different novels. Wow. That So it's a huge sort of uh, almost Warhammer-esque because uh, yeah. I read all those books and that's got like eight authors and they all interweave and stuff. So that's not really something that i'm a stranger to it's something i quite enjoy already mm-hmm. but did you I mean, have a gripe with this yeah i do i i so i i've just been singing its praises because i'm just about to take a big dump on it <laughs> <laughs> um and that's Go. because well the thing that annoyed me a little bit was obviously i i'm a big fan of the star wars legends material mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. which which I, I've, I've briefly talked about on this podcast before yeah but yeah, i'll just I'll just quickly give you a rundown on a couple of the things that happen in Legends. It's really exciting. So these are a couple of examples of the villains from Legends. 
So you've got a mysterious alien race who is aphema to the force, meaning the force doesn't affect them and they don't feel it. They're cut off from the essence of life. Awesome. Love that. They're from another galaxy and they fight and they force the the Sith, they force the remnant of the Empire and the New Republic to join forces and the Sith and Jedi have to fight them together, Hmm. which is a really cool villain. An ancient Sith yeah. Empire, which happens in the Old Republic, where they invade and fight the Republic. Um, <clears throat> a huge cabal of rogue Jedi who become dark Jedi. That's another one of the stories, and it's fun because the dark Jedi are not quite Sith. They're kind of just right. fallen Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they had a lot of fun with that. Um, an ancient civilization that has returned to reconquer the galaxy and reclaim their ancient artifacts. Because in Star Wars, and this is still in the canon as well, there's loads of like ancient artifacts left by a race that existed like before everything else, which right. mm-hmm. is, is kind of a common trope in most science fiction, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But I always found that really fascinating, and the idea of them it's coming back yeah. to be villains. So what? What? So what is the problem with the? Um, with the, see, um, the I've got two more villains I'm listing off here, and then I'll give <laughs> you this, and then. And then we've got uh, a powerful cabal of sorceresses and witches force, like like in Star Wars The Clone Wars, Jack. Where they, yeah, I was going to say, was it like that in The Clone Wars? Where, where they tap cool. into a, a type of force that is almost more magical yeah. and it's kind of not yeah. really explained and it's fun. And then the last one is... Yeah, I always uh, thought that was really cool in The Clone Wars. Yeah, and the last one is the Empire of Mandalore on the march against the Old Republic, which is my favourite mm-hmm. old storyline. Imagine an army of Mandalorians... Like, yeah, like the Mandalorian good. attacking the Republic. Yeah. How cool that's is that? Good. That is cool. Okay, so, awesome. do you think they've chosen any of these amazing old storylines <laughs> or villains? <laughs> no, they haven't. No. So, they said they set out to discover what the Jedi fear when they wrote this. And I was always Hi. under the impression the Jedi were very scared of the dark side and the Sith, yeah? Yeah. No. Apparently... They're really scared of giant space plant man. <laughs> There's literally what? like a Cthulhu-esque <laughs> tentacle monster that looks like a giant plant and it's got some connection to the Force and apparently this is the Jedi's <laughs> ancient enemy that they're really scared of. I just don't see no. it. Like, and and just, I really like, hate it. Through with <laughs> and I think it's really uninspired and how much, and I'm looking at the picture of it now, and it just looks like every single tentacle monster from any sci fi franchise ever. Yeah, I'm like, you, you and I just, I, I and I'm, I get it. All okay, maybe you, you don't want to rehash what's been done before, no. even in Legends, and I get that, that's fine, but this just seems so uninspired and quite bland. And maybe, you know, they're like, oh, okay, it's, it's not so much he's a giant tentacle plant monster. It's maybe he's this insane force. They're this race of insane force wielders. But I just don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second. No. These Jedi must be the no. biggest pushovers. Like, they're all <laughs> soft and sad because they're like, oh, there's no war. There's no crime. We're in the High Republic. Maybe they are on death sticks. Maybe they see this thing in their nightmares when they're when they're at high and freak out. Maybe it's why it's the High Republic. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just think it's awful. And have I, you not heard? Have you not heard the casting, Chris? 
They huh? cast like Snoop Dogg, Seth Rogen, and like all like all the Wiz Khalifa, all the biggest weed smokers, and they're just oh, yeah. really, like <laughs> they're really the Jedi. terrified, yeah, the terrified Jedi, and they're like paranoid <laughs> and tripping out. Boy, <laughs> and Snoop Dogg just pulls out two lightsabers and keeps pressing it on and off. Yeah, and they're like exactly. Snoop, no, it's not, a, it's not a gun. <laughs> oh. Exactly. But yeah, yeah I, what did what I'm do you guys? Sure. Think I'm not sure. I mean, it's better because I can see the picture that you've got. So yeah, like, I was gonna I, say, if you're listening, it's better when you can see and you the can picture. Google the picture. Yeah, because it does Google, definitely Google the effect. The, what, the, what's the, its name? Terrible. They're called the Den Gear. Yeah, it's awful. And <laughs> by the way, there's already a guy called Den Gear in Star Wars who's a bounty hunter. So not a very inventive name either. Wait, is it is it the Den Gear? That's the Dren oh, gear. Dren gear. Yeah. yeah. So that there you go. That's the difference, Chris. <laughs> and one oh. letter. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm still excited for this. I just, I, I, I was hoping this was going to be this giant galaxy-spanning crazy story, and it just feels. I, I don't know. I just, I, I think it's so at least from the concept art, I find it really underwhelming. And I, I, I think the whole thing about Star Wars that's interesting to me is the battle between the dark and the light. And the also, I find Grey Jedi really interesting. Or even, I really like Imperial Knights, which are also legends, which are like um, Empire Force wielders that don't follow any of the like the Sith teachings or the Jedi teachings. They're just force users who fight for the Empire. Um, yeah. And I'm just like, that's what's cool. I'm like, I kind of don't want to just have these Jedi be really scared of these giant plant men for ages. Like, it, it, it doesn't, like, grab, my, grab me. And it doesn't make me think, oh, galaxy-spanning, like, crazy saga. I think, like, oh, Jedi goes to planet, gets scared of little plant man. <laughs> you know what I mean but yeah. maybe I'm just being too harsh and um, you know I'll definitely be reading the comic books and I'll probably give the novels a go and then I'll you know I'll, I'll report back yeah. on that anyway so I'll move on to my last little bit of news this week and uh, <laughs> it's, it's not good um, we it's actually good. got some, some more Halo news because of course I was going to talk about Halo <laughs> and to, to be fair, um, this could be bad news or good news, kind of depending on your viewpoint. But um, 343, one of, one of its uh, big directors, a man called Chris Lee, he's departed um, the project. He's left mm. and he, he's been in charge of Infinite for, well, he's been a leading hand in Infinite from the very beginning. Right, and for anyone listening, Chris Lee was also uh, one of the lead creative directors on Halo Four and Five. Right, so so he's been around a while, um, and that's where I sort of say it could be bad or good depending on your viewpoint. So if you hate Four and Five, maybe this is good for you because they've got rid of him. Um, but I quite like Four. Uh, and I like the multiplayer in five. I don't like the story in five. Um, so I'm a bit more on the fence. But mm. obviously, it, it, it's a really weird one because his statement, he said, this is a quote, um, 
that um, he said, I have stepped back. Um, uh, yeah, I've stepped back from Infinite and I'm looking at future opportunities. Lee said to, I believe in the team and are confident they will deliver a great game and now is a good time for me to step away. So he, he makes it seem very much like he's making the decision to leave. Like he's choosing to leave, yeah. But it kind of looks like from what's been reported that Microsoft maybe got rid of him. Right. And especially <laughs> because what's been reported is he's been... Because do you remember we spoke about them bringing in... Um, we spoke we spoke a couple months ago about them bringing in uh, a, a guy who was uh, Joe Stratton, who was a big yeah. creative lead in the Bungie era in Free and Reach. And apparently Joe's been, obviously, like we said, they said they were going to give him a lot of creative control. And apparently he's been, you know, reworking the, the story and other aspects of the game. And apparently Chris Lee has been massively sidelined by Joe Stratton. Right. Mm -hmm. So so maybe he did take the idea to move away, but that kind of looks like it's because his creative control kind of been given to Joe. Yeah. You know? Um, and like I said, this is where I'm coming at. This is either Microsoft course correcting, or just just more bad. So I don't know. It's to, I don't think it looks good for Halo, even if it is course correction, because this game is so far into development. Like it was meant to come out this year. There's obviously problems going on behind the scenes, mm -hmm. uh, and and all this different stuff. And this is the second creative director in like four or five months to leave Halo Infinite. Right. Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, it's a bit concerning. Yeah. So, to me, I'm just like... I, I, I think there's this bad stuff going on behind the scenes. I think this game was just muddled. Yeah. Um, And, I, you know, we're all hoping it'd be good and we're all looking forward to it. Uh, But every time something, a new story like this hits... I'm just like, oh god! Like, the, I, I'm expecting like a, you know, Halo Infinite to come out, and then four years later, we get the the behind the scenes of the the troubles and drama behind Halo Infinite's making. Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm like I say. I'm just. Uh, I'll. I'll watch this space and see what happens when the game releases. I think I, I'm, it's not going to be mm -hmm. a game I jump on straight away, but I'll. Um. I, I hope it's good. For I just hope it. Does does succeed, but obviously, I guess we're just not going to know until we get closer to release. What, what do you sort of think about that, Bradley? Because um, did you think that's a good thing, or because you quite like four and five as well, don't you? Um, I liked. I don't know. Like, I liked part <laughs> of four, and I liked. Um, I quite liked the kind of setup for five. Whether the execution was that good, um, I like some of the game modes they added to five, but in terms of story and direction i'm not sure i mean i'll always be a reach fanboy, you know back mm -hmm. in bungie's yeah. day but yeah so i'm I'm not sure whether it you know it's too bad i i'm always open to see what what they kind of bring in next there's always going to be someone you know that's gonna fill those shoes and they might do an amazing job so yeah we'll see yeah <clears throat> watching but um yeah so that's it for our news this week I guess I'll dive straight into my review. I've only got a um, 
a short one for you guys this week. Mm-hmm. And I have been watching um, Barbarians on Netflix. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a German series. Mm. Um, and it's about, obviously, the German barbarians and the Romans. And uh, it's, it's about, obviously, the Germans hold territory... Uh, Germans? The Romans hold territory in in, um, in Germany. And uh, obviously, there's two options. Um, so the way they, they filmed it is, obviously, the actors... Uh, the German actors either speak German or you can turn it to an English dub. Right. Uh, I watched the English dub, which is good. At, some of them are really good. Like they've got some really good voice actors. And then a couple of times people speak and you're like, oh God, this dub is bad. <laughs> so if if you don't mind watching German with the subtitles, you might enjoy it more. But the main actors, the main dub actors were really good. And after a while, I kind of forgot that it was a dub yeah sure but the thing that's really cool about it is they go for this like historical accuracy because a lot of stuff that goes back in time has characters just speak the same language and never acknowledge it right um but what they do is no matter what version you're watching when the romans talk to each other they talk in latin right so oh, okay. all the actors talk in latin and there's subtitles and it's so cool because when you have the bar, because the, they really play heavily into the fact that they, that they, that the Germans just don't understand Latin. They don't know what the Romans are saying. Yeah. And it creates a lot of drama and a lot of suspense and a lot of really fun moments in the show. And it's a mini series. It's only, it's only six episodes, mm-hmm. um, but it's very fun. It's very historically accurate. Uh, and it, it makes you, it's one of those good shows where it shows you how bad the barbarians can be and how barbaric their society can be. But then hmm. by the same merit, you just start to like the Romans and then the Romans are, the Romans are beautifully captured in this because they can get painted so easily as these one dimensional imperialists. Mm-hmm. But in this show, they are charismatic. They are exciting. They're flamboyant. They're, um, they're you know, they're, they're the strongest people on the, on the planet at the time. And you really feel mm-hmm. that. And you, you start to warm to, like, like, even like the Roman governor, you start to warm to him. And then every time you warm to him, he does something or it twists or it turns. And you're like, oh, Jesus. And the whole thing is it's based on Arminius. And for people who don't know, Arminius is a historical figure who was born to a German king. And in order to keep peace with Rome, the king gave Arminius to Rome. So one of the really wealthy Roman families adopted Arminius as their son. Okay. And he gets given a Roman name and he becomes a legionary. He becomes a prefector, which is a cavalry commander. So he, you know, he, he, he essentially becomes a Roman. He lives his whole life as a Roman. He looks like a Roman. Uh, he, he talks, he, he speaks German and Latin. And it's really about him. He, he's like an, he's older now and he goes back to Germania for the Romans to fight for the Romans. And it's really about him getting stuck between 
being a Roman, but also watching his people and the people he grew up with being abused by the Romans. Hmm. And the first half of the show is really a balance of him trying to do right by everyone. And then the second half of the show is really him having to make a decision and choose a a side. Yeah. Like a conflict. Yeah. But between do, do I, do I go back? Do I become a Roman? Do I, do I, cause he gets, he gets knighted and then, um, light spoilers. Um, he does betray the Romans, which is is not a heavy spoiler if you watch the trailer or anything. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. but you know, and it's ironic because he gets knighted by uh, by by the by the emperor, and then uh, and then he obviously betrays them the next day. But even that, you can tell he that was his boyhood dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really tough moment because you can see in that moment he wants to tell his like adoptive father that he's betrayed him and the whole time the show's really good at like gut wrenching you. Yeah. And even to the point where like, you're like, Oh, I hate the Romans. But then you have that really tender moment. And you're like, Oh, you shouldn't betray them. Like they have so much faith in you. They have so much love in you. Um, hmm. And, and I just sum it up by, if you love your history, give it a go. If you like subtitles, stick with German. It's probably better because like I could say, the Romans, yeah. the Romans speak in Latin with subtitles anyway, so it's just a bit more reading. But mm-hmm. there is an English dub, and it is all right. Subs, um, not dubs. Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just if that, if any of that sounded exciting, I've tried not to go too into spoilers. Give it a go. And the final episode, the battle that happens, it's beautifully shot. It's so well done. I loved it. It's like a little mini movie. Um hmm. But yeah, sounds really good. That, that, that's where I'll sort of uh, leave my little barbarians review. I won't go on too long. Yeah, so um, that's my barbarians review, and I believe Jack, you had a review you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this because I think the, the game I'm about to talk about, I know Bradley knows a tiny bit about, but not a whole lot, and I don't mm-hmm. actually know if you know anything about it, Chris. Or if you do, then I don't know if it's much, but this the game i'm going to talk about today is a game i stumbled upon which is just another beauty of having um game pass and games with gold so i was sitting on the dashboard the other day and i saw an advertisement for a couple of new this month game with gold and i thought let me have a look at these see if there's anything interesting on there um i stumbled upon a game which is called aragami shadow edition and i instantly just kind of drew to the the cover for the game I was like, that looks interesting. Looks like a bit of me. It had like a some sort of ninja thing on the front. And I was like, hmm, I'll give it a look. So basically, I'll start off by saying this game doesn't definitely doesn't appeal to everybody because it's kind of a very specific type of game. And I think a lot of players probably, if you're if it's not your sort of style, you wouldn't have necessarily the patience for it or something, or maybe just you probably just it probably wouldn't interest you. But I know that it's the sort of game that I think both of you would like, which is why I was excited to talk to you guys about it. So basically what it is, is um, it's a game, uh, it's animated. So it's very, it's got a cartoony slash anime sort of look to it. Um, Uh It's obviously sort of Japanese based. It's um, the way I can describe to you, did either of you when you were younger play the ninja game called Tenshuzi? Did either of you ever play that game? Uh, yes, yeah, I did. Yes. So obviously that's the direct comparison for me. 
uh, there's a, a lot of differences, but but there's definitely a lot of elements that compare to it in reminding me of it. So essentially it's a stealth game. Um, and the way that the game works is you it's a story based game uh, and there's quite a cool little unique story. It's not a massively long game either. Um, and you play as an origami, which is a vengeful warrior spirit that has been summoned by somebody else to well to carry out exactly what I just said to, to you know enact vengeance on someone who has been wronged basically and the way that the game works is you play as this this spirit and obviously you're not really a, a, in human form you are like a shadow and you use the, exactly like it's like I just said you use the shadows to operate so basically you'll be put in these environments and you'll have objectives which is to recover talismans which are keeping imprisoned the person who has summoned you and you need to collect all of these talismans to help free them and you can only so you know in splinter cell conviction when you go in and out if you're in the shadows and you're hidden you the, the every sort of bit of clothing and the camera and everything goes dark colors yes. and when you step into mm -hmm. the light all the color comes back mm -hmm. same principle in this so when you're in the shadows but it's it's actually a touch cooler than that so when you're in the shadows your whole figure changes so you morph into a different form uh, so that you know you're in the shadows and everything goes dark um, and you glow like uh, certain colors then when you step into the light you go into your shadow form which is black with uh, whatever touch of clothing you have on which obviously you can actually customize as well which is really cool um the reason i say it's not the sort of game everyone would enjoy is because you die in one hit so if you were detected you die, you're dead it, there's no like there's no like hack and slash this game you can't fight your way through crowds and choose to go in guns blazing uh, or swords blazing um it is quite literally a hardcore stealth game so it's got some really cool elements but it's also got a grading system like hitman does and like 10 shoes Ooh. he used to which is a very old game so basically you get medals at the end of each level based on if you can do the level without killing anyone um if you kill everyone uh and also depending on so you'll get 100 points 150 points for a stealth kill 100 points if they detect you and then you kill them uh minus 150 points if they discover a body uh, all that sort of thing which is really cool because it makes you want to perfect that and that's why i knew bradley would be interested as well because it's kind mm -hmm. of like game. you want to get the s ranking on everything which is obviously yep. the best ranking now i really like this game because it's got some seriously fun mechanics so because you're a shadow your main form of movement is obviously you you crouch, you move slowly, you walk, you run, uh, all that sort of thing. But the main form of movement in this game is teleportation. But you can oh. only teleport from shadow to shadow, so you can't teleport in light. So right. if you uh, so if you were to um, if you say for example you've got a hallway and half of that hallway is in the sunlight or in the, underneath a light bulb and the other part is in darkness, within a certain reach of whether or not your teleport can reach that far you could skip the light and jump straight to the darkness again but if you can't then you have to risk moving into the light to be close enough to teleport into the dark um but there's the catch to that you have on your back on your cape is your like stamina meter almost or it's actually just your energy but your shadow energy but basically if you're standing in the light 
your energy is drained. So the longer you're standing in the light, the more, the less you can use your powers um, and the less strength you have. So you won't be able to, if you stood in the light too long, you wouldn't be able to teleport at all. So if you was in a, a bad situation and you needed escape into the darkness, you couldn't do it if you'd been drained. So you'd have to go back into the light to recover, uh, into the dark to recover your stamina to be able to use your abilities again. So he's basically fueled by the shadow, um, which is really cool because you get all these, there's a couple of different abilities. There's a slight skill tree. Um, there's nothing much, but you get like three defensive abilities, three offensive abilities, and then some other, some other little ones as well. Um, but like, there's just some really cool features to it. So like you, you start to, as you progress, you'll start to feel more badass because you'll be able to do things that you couldn't do originally. Like for example, you can, if you say, for example, you've got a long stretch of light and a guard at the end of it, but you can't walk down that light without being detected by someone across the courtyard. You can aim at the floor and you can use your shadow strength to create a temporary puddle of shadows all the way along the floor so that you can teleport down that that corridor in darkness and then kill them and then dash backwards so oh. like there's, there's some really cool little mechanics like one of the abilities which is definitely the most useful one is that once you kill an enemy you can make that body disappear because you teleport them into the shadow dimension which means that no corpse can be detected after that point so mm -hmm. it's definitely the most useful one. Uh, if you want to purchase one, you want to purchase that because then it's so much easier to get away with never getting a corpse detected. But I just thought if you like stealth games and you like ninjas and you like stuff like that, this game is really awesome because some of the, the little, I mean, they get repetitive, obviously, but, and like I say, it's only a small game, but the animations for the stealth kills are just so cool. Like they're just proper, like, badass ninja kills like there, there's some quick quick multi multi slices there's some you know some gruesome like long slow slices and like uh, ones where he like spins around and stabs behind his back and stuff like that and there's just it's just really cool little elements to the game mm -hmm. and i really love the mechanic of the fact that you have to use the shadows tactically like you can't just it's not just stay hidden and walk around and kill everyone it's like yeah. you really have to plan each room ta and, and think tactically about how you're going to do it and and sort of learn the layout right and learn the layout yeah and there's i'll be honest you can play it on three difficulties just like one scar there's one it's like one two or three the difficulties and i'm playing it on two because it's the first time i played it oh, i played it on two and it's the first time i played it and it's not easy like i i thought or even on two it would kind of be pretty straightforward and pretty easy going and i think the third or fourth level uh, probably the fourth maybe level um the, the literally the very start of the level that is the first time they introduce you to archers in the game which have like a line of sight that you can track um and if they see you they they shoot these things obviously kill you from a distance and i died just trying to get past the first three enemies I think four times, five times, because I was like, I can't work out. It was around a campfire as well. So there was barely any shade or any shadow. And I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I actually supposed to do this? So it really does make you think. And if you're a person who enjoys um, games where they, they point rate you as well, you'll love it because you'll, you'll enjoy like 
perfecting a level because like I perfected a level that I did the other night and it was a really long level and it tells you that how long it takes you to do the level as well and it took me like an hour to do the level because there was so much going on but more because I wanted to make sure I didn't get detected I killed everyone I got like that perfect score and it's just a great game like honestly I, I'm really amazed by it because I'd never heard of it before and I think mm. Bradley said to me that it's it, a really old game so yeah it's 2016 Wow. So, so it's been it, out for four years. Is it third person or is it... Um, yes, sorry, I should have said, yes, yeah, third person. Yeah. It, third but person. is it so kind can... of... Is, is it very much like um, Ten, ten Zui, um Or is mm. it sort of more like... Um, in, in my mind, I, I thought it was a game kind of like the Assassin's Creed spin-offs, where it's almost platformer-esque. And you're a bit... Um, no, out. I would... No, I would say it I was think like it only shares the graphics of of those kind of Assassin's Creed spin-offs from yeah. what I've seen. Yeah, it's like it has that it, cell yeah, shaded it, kind of thing. It, it but does. it's not yeah, as far I, zoomed out. Where no, no, it's, it's a third person game. It's like a third completely. person game. So like okay, cool. I would compare it to like so for example <coughs> sorry, when you're when you're crouched in, in the shadows and you're recovering your stamina or whatever, it just looks like Splinter Cell Conviction does. It's about the same sort of level of zoom. Oh, okay. That's cool. I like so, that. But but I thought if you like ninja games or you like stealth games, and I tell you what it reminds me a lot of, um, except from the third person part, you know the t- the dash ability in Dishonored. And how you mm-hmm. used to use that to your advantage to like yeah. to like drop down on an enemy and then quickly dip back up onto a shelf or something or onto a ledge so that you don't get discovered. There's that's pretty much what it feels like, except you don't have the ability to teleport anywhere. You can only teleport if you're aiming at a shadow. So you yeah. have to really carefully place yourself. So and I'm I like I say, I played it. It's not long. Um it's not it's not an amazing storyline, don't get me wrong. It's got some cool little elements to it. There's some cool cutscenes and stuff. And you kind of, throughout the game, while you're discovering these, um, like collecting these talismans um, for this person, you're also learning about yourself because you have, as a coming back as a spirit, you have no memory of who you are or why you've, how you died or, or, or who, what you're doing even. You're just told, collect these things. And you're just like, right, okay, well, I've got my other <laughs> purpose, I might as well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, yeah. and you're kind of learning about the character as you go. But I just, more than anything as well, I actually really like the animation, like the the um, the design. I think the origami, the, the spirit that you play as looks really cool. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's a really cool design. And I really like the way that you even use his robe, like his cape on the back. That that's that shows you your stamina meter. So there's no like, oh, oh, your health's cool. down here and your stamina. Like so your, your cape, fills up with pattern when you've got full like ability use and when you're drained it drains and the cape goes like plain and then so you know you've got none left mm-hmm. so it's really cool and like you you find these little shrines which um recharge your special abilities like the things you buy in the skill tree so if you're in a jam and you need to get out there's an ability that turns you invisible temporarily um just to get out of the light um there's one that does like a sonar pulse basically and just it it marks every enemy in that area so again that's a good one to buy because it then helps you plan out how you're going to get to each one of them um, and like Mm -hmm. separate them um there's like a distraction thing and all that sort of thing so it's really cool and i think for a game that i'd never heard of and a game that was free i really enjoying it like and i really enjoyed it and i think if you if you really like those stealth games and those hardcore games like i say if you get hit once you die so it's not like you can just like pray your way out of it 
I always think with these games we got on Game Pass, um, mm. the true test of how good it is is would you have if you'd actually just bought this, would you've been happy mm. with with this purchase? Oh, a hundred percent. I think it was. It's a definitely a game because it's only small. It reminds me of an indie game. So if it was, I wouldn't have paid full price for it. Which is the, the overall thing for me would be, I wouldn't pay full price for it. Not like a, a forty pound, fifty pound game. I but think it was an indie game on, anyway, so I think it yeah, would have been. If this was, only a, like if this was on sort quid. of like, yeah, if this was fifteen pound or so, sixteen pound up to probably twenty quid, and I'd have bought that, I'd be really happy with it. And I think for the fact that it's free, just makes it all the better. But it is, it is definitely. I, I like I say I would only strongly advise that it's not for everyone because I mm-hmm. think a lot of people wouldn't have the patience for it because it is slow. Like because because you've got to be careful and it's it's quite frustrating um, when you get really far into like quite far into a level and you've managed to stealth your way around and kill ninety percent of the enemies. If one just randomly sees you and kills you straight away and then you have to start that little bit all again, it's quite frustrating. So the checkpoints are forgiving, but they're not ridiculous so like if you've killed a whole load of enemies and then you die you are going to have to do that all again so it is it's it's a it's a a patience game but i i really enjoy it and i think if you like like i say if ninjas interest you and shadows and spirits and sort of magic and stuff like that interests you it's really cool Uh, and like i say the animations are really awesome as well so um yeah give it a go yeah yeah you should i slept on this but now i I think i'm definitely because did you know there's a co-op mode no way. Yeah, you get to play the, through the whole campaign co-op. So I'm just oh going to pick God. it up, and, and oh I'm probably God. just going to play gonna... with Alexa. Oh my God! I didn't know. I, there was a I, yeah, co-op and bit. and will you be pleased to know that two got announced earlier this year? No way. Yeah, I literally just had to Google the game because I was like, um, yeah, interested in it. like Chris. You, I, I remember seeing it. it back in 2016. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I cancelled Game Pass because um, yeah. I had to, I ended up having to buy a cameo. Um, okay. So if you, if well, if you can get it, and, if it's, I, and if you, I probably won't get Game Pass again because now I'm no, probably gonna have to buy. Did you say uh, it was with Gold Jack? It's Games with Gold, yeah. If you got oh, that. what this month? Yeah, it's Games with Gold this month. Yeah, oh, there you go. okay, you yeah, get, no, it. get it, get it, and uh, we'll do it co-op. And see if you like it, and then we can yeah. talk about it on here. See what you guys think. Awesome. Yeah, but yeah, so, that's all I got to say. Really, it's just a small indie game, but it's definitely worth your time if you like those sort of things. Okay, so on to my review then. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I can't wait to hear uh, about this. Yeah. So I also have a game that I'm like super excited to talk about this yeah. weekend. I, th- I think we're and all I, excited about it, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I hope so because like it, it, it's a very recent game. So I think it only came out one or two weeks ago, if that. And um, I instantly, I kind of like saw the artwork for it, and I was like, oh, it's a, it's a cyberpunk game. And I was like, oh, there's there's so many cyberpunk games going on right now, and it's like. <laughs> You know, there's there's been so many that have released since the announcement of Cyberpunk 2077 that yes. I find it quite funny that, you know, by the time that it will actually come out, if it does come out in December, there's probably going to be, there's probably going to be like hundreds of games by that point. In the next month, there's going to be like 50 games that release that are Cyberpunk setting. Um, but I actually think it's quite funny because this game actually nails that setting. Uh, like it's everything you could possibly want or everything I would possibly want from a cyberpunk setting it, yeah it, it, i'm so glad you said that bradley because f- just from watching gameplay and looking at trailers i actually was looking at it and thinking i feel like i'm going to enjoy this more than cyberpunk yeah literally that i was actually playing through it and i was like is this going to be better for me than cyberpunk because of the type of game it was as well and 
I just found it so accessible because of the type of game it was. And I'll get into that. But yeah, so starting off, I just want to say that like props to the developers. They they made this like that start, starting off, you haven't even said the name of the game yet. <laughs> oh, so the name, yeah, sorry. The name of the game is Ghost Runner. Thank you, Jack. I, I apologize. <laughs> We'd have got the whole way through the review and then been like, uh, no one knows what it is yet. Yes, yeah, so that was Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is, it, I'm so excited to hear you talk about this, though. So, yes, yeah, so, we are. So, so what I'm talking about today is Ghost Runner. Thank you, Jack. Um, and yeah, it, it completely nails the setting and helped with that is the, the soundtrack. The soundtrack mm-hmm. is amazing. And like the whole way I've through, heard this. It, yeah. it, just, it, it just does not stop like building atmosphere atmosphere for the game um and you you just sit there and it, it just feels completely you know when a soundtrack just slots into a I game do. so perfect perfect and, mm. and you're yeah, like oh, like that yeah exactly and there's there's no way that you can imagine a different soundtrack and that mm-hmm. is the type of soundtrack that you hear and it's just there and it's just like it, it just you don't even even question any of it and it, it's really good as well I, I heard that apparently it's quite hard not to bop your head along with it as you play because yeah, it's it quite is. fast-paced it, anyway so exactly and it, it just adds to what the game's about so the game is based around high action frenetic gameplay as it were mm-hmm. so fast and energetic gameplay it's uh, an fps and i would instantly liken it to doom as we've said for the mm-hmm. soundtrack um, but for gameplay as well and titanfall 2 would yeah. be my two um weird little even though they're not exactly similar i would just um put them two together for this it's mm-hmm. kind of a blend of both of them so the game gives you a sword uh and abilities that you will lo- unlock throughout so you start off with no abilities but you will um you'll get some throughout and it just makes you feel like the the most awesome badass possible <laughs> like Mm -hmm. there's no way to describe it other than that it just makes you feel insanely cool um so everything dies in one hit excluding bosses but including you so oh my god although you're this insane one hit warrior that can take out everyone with your sword in one swipe and i'm not joking these these swipes are just Ah, oh, they're so satisfying. Beautiful. You yeah. cleave through them, yeah. and it, it will just like it, it, it's also dependent on where you hit. So mm-hmm. if I swipe for like his neck, it will actually take off his head. If I swipe for his legs, it will cut like his waist through. off. Yeah. yeah, and it'll actually like, and it's actually kind of directional as well, depending on where you hit. Um, and it, it, yeah, that just never gets old. It's just so satisfying. But because you also die in one hit, it is punishing. It is a punishing game. Uh, and you will probably die quite a bit. Yeah. You kind of can't relax. Yeah, you, you can't... Well, you can't... But this is the thing. You can kind of relax because um, it's not really in, like, a Dark Soulsy grindy way where death is like, oh, I've got to do all that again. It's It feels like death is part of the game. It was designed with that in mind. Almost how um, Deathloop is kind of being yeah. designed. Yeah, it's... Am I right in thinking it's an instant respawn as well? Like, as literally yeah, so it's literally yeah. on PC, it's R, and on console, I think it's just like um, X or A. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it's literally just like that. And um, obviously, on, on PC, I had like zero load time, so I'm assuming it's very similar on console. Yeah. It's just it's just a respawn, like bam, straight back into it. Like, you can continuously run if you just spam the button when you know you're about to die. You can just, it never stops. And that's yeah. why it feels like it's part of the game where I would often use my first attempt to kind of scout the room, then 
like knowing I'm probably going to die because you have one hit and if the room's filled with enemies you're like you know most likely to get hit on your first ever mm-hmm. attempt in the room because you have no idea of the layout or the the placement of the enemies so i use that first attempt to kind of scout out and then a second to execute it and do it like perfectly and it rarely will go perfectly but you do it anyway and then you do it again and again until it is perfect um but although it is punishing with the one hit death it is also really forgiving for the reason we said the checkpoints are frequent and they are fast they are yeah. instant you don't ever feel like oh i've got to do all that again it will literally yeah, be not taken back miles. i've got to yeah, go yeah. yeah i've literally just got to go back to the beginning of the room to the beginning of the corridor it, it could be anything it's really really frequent checkpoints like super forgiving um but in a good way because you're expected to die a lot um mm-hmm. and i'd say i'm quite good at these games and i i still died like a lot um mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the thing is like, and it didn't ever bother me. It never, never felt like, oh, I can't believe we just died again. It was like, oh, well, that's like, you know, that was obvious. I shouldn't have done that again. Or like you, mm. sometimes you get into a loop where you do the same thing like twice in a row and you're like, why yeah, am I doing why this? Why do I keep dying? Yeah. Yeah, why do I keep, doing <laughs> like, why do I keep jumping but into the same guy? But my, my number one question, because I've held off on this game, even though I think it looks amazing. I have actually watched quite a lot on it and I, I, I haven't watched any like actual story stuff, just, just the gameplay and that. But my number one question, which I think a lot of people would think if they watched it, is does it get repetitive? Okay, so I'll, I'll get on to that. And no, it does not. And, and there is, is a key reason. It's, it's superb design. But yeah, so the last thing I want to say about the whole like checkpoint system and, and the, <laughs> the forgivingness is that because the checkpoints are so frequent and because je- death is so instantaneous in terms of dying and then respawning, um, I wanted to... Sometimes I would... On- reset the room to do it in a more perfect way my ocd would take You'd over have to redo and i would i would actually kill myself yeah i would actually be like um i don't want to finish the room like that that was really boring so it's i'm actually going to gonna kill it. myself reset yeah. it and then redo it where i feel like a badass and like yeah. that's part of the game but like you want to feel as cool as possible so yeah resetting is like a completely viable thing and and mm. that's why i would do it it's just because i played this game for enjoyment i didn't play it um you know to to like get through it as quick as possible i wanted to enjoy my time of the game so if i wanted to reset room i'd just do it and and then it like i would do it perfectly and i'd sit there really satisfied mm. myself there's no extra rewards or anything it's just literally just for fun you just you just sit there proud of yourself like yeah i perfected that room and then you move on um, but yeah, so on, on to what you were saying, of does it get boring? And no, on, honestly, like I said, I think it's down to the the developers having just insanely good game design for why it doesn't ever get repetitive. It might be different depending on what kind of person you are. But the reason I don't think it does is because it has fantastic enemy progression would be its number one. Um, okay. So every time you come across an enemy, you won't know what they do. So you never explained anything in the game. Um, you you literally are just thrown into it. It's actually a really cool start. You, you like learn as you go type thing. Yeah, you start. You look at your sword, and then it, it's like a cutscene, and then he jumps and kills someone. So it starts off with a, an instant like you know murder, and you're then thrust into it, and you're just kind of like said you get a few like oh. Story. All good love stories start with a moment. <laughs> you get a few like, oh, <laughs> press, you know, move. Um, you can wall run, and they give you a few tips. But then when you find an enemy, they don't, they don't really tell you anything. They're just like, ah, oh, there's an enemy. You should kill that. 
Yeah. And it's like, so, so then you're like, okay. And he, like the first enemy you come across is the most basic enemy. They'll just shoot a pistol at you. And, um, you know, it'll be quite a slow fire and projectile. And then you'll come across your next enemy. And suddenly you're coming across um, enemies with a shield over the front. And if you go near it, you get bopped miles away for some reason. And then, so then you have to figure out, okay, I have to hit them from behind. So what's the best way to do that? Mm. And then you'll have enemies that fire in bursts. And you have to figure out how long their bursts last, um, where I can be hit, yeah, how to avoid it. So normally the best way to do it is uh, like wall run because they don't have the best accuracy. So if you're wall running, um, you'll probably avoid their fire. And every time you get used to an enemy... They change it. Yeah, they add a new one. And and it always works out perfectly. You're like, ah, easy peasy, these enemies. And then suddenly you're like, oh, who's this guy? And then you're like, who's Hold this on. guy? What's this about? And they always are constantly adding enemies um, at that yeah. perfect point where you think, oh, well, I've, just I've kind of mastered this. Yeah, 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 exactly. And they do it in such a good way that it, it spreads it across the game. That It always feels like there's something new across each thing. Mm. Um, and the other thing is there is also really good progression for you. So you get um, abilities. Like I said, there's four abilities and they're really cool. Um, I mean, personally, I'm really like boring and I will just use my sword and the traversal. So like the traversal in the game is insane. I likened it to Titanfall uh, for that reason. It's incredibly fast paced. You can wall run infinitely if the wall's long enough um, and you have a grappling hook. You can mantle over pretty much anything. So you're very literally where the drives is just in in the speed of the gameplay mm. thanks to the traversal i see the thing is what he's uh disappeared the thing is is i uh, my my next question was going to be anyway like do you because i know you're interested as well chris it's like for me i keep thinking is it worth 45 50 quid like because it, like how long is the game am i you know is it going to be over before i know it uh and i think that's that's the concern yeah. that i had when before purchasing it but bradley's made me want it more but i, yeah, I just don't know no. i mean i just i just from looking at it i knew that i was like i'm i this is something i'm going to enjoy yeah. way more than um yeah, sure. i'm that, back uh, oh, we we were just saying um while you were disconnected we were just saying like i think the next question we were both going to ask you was that like we both want the game is quite evident mm-hmm. um but is it worth the 45 50 quid whatever it is for it but so it's not it, yeah 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 like is is it or not because like it no i mean know, it's it not long? that much and that's the best part oh. is they the highest price you'll have to pay is 25 pound oh um, yeah i paid oh, I 16 because i got it off cd keys right so i i got it um I get it. That makes me feel a little bit better. Like, yeah, so I pay £16 for it, and I, I literally have, have loved every second of the game, and I'll keep going back to it. Um, mm. There's collectibles, which I literally was Ooh. collecting just before this, and I've just collected all of them. Um, and the best collectible is something you'd love, Jack, which is uh, sword designs. Oh, so, no way. So you get to, because you always obviously have the sword in front of you, you get to change, yeah. um, some of them change the actual design of the sword, so it is a different katana type weapon like it's maybe a bit shorter maybe a bit more um cyberpunkish looks like a laser sword sometimes um Mm. and then sometimes it's very um like uh colorful 
sometimes it's very yeah. you know some boring but yeah all depending and um yeah so the game is made with speedrunners in mind and it shows the game tracks each mission's like time and death so you can improve um right. but that one of the other things that adds to the replayability and the fact that it doesn't get boring is there's multiple ways to clear some rooms right so you can try again and do it yeah and then do it a different way and, and try again and see again if it works better until yeah, yeah, yeah until you find that perfect route round where you're route. happy yeah yeah, yeah and it, it just works perfectly and that's the one problem or i'd say there's two problems one is there's a bit of a weird mantling issue sometimes and i've heard this that sometimes it throws you too far or throws you not far yeah, enough and there's weird, there's like, a lot of platforming sections and normally the platforming sections are really fun and they they yeah. normally so like platforming and i've i've got here platforming and murdering transition seamlessly but, <laughs> and it does it, it really does but every now and then they throw you into a platforming bit and the mantling issues kind of arise and then i have actually died probably just as much in the platforming sections as i have in the actual fight sections, yeah which is kind of so that would be my one um like issue with the game other than that i just wish it was a tiny bit longer it's probably yeah. around six to eight hours and obviously if you speed run it probably do it in a lot lot less but yes. i took my time with yeah. the game and and um like i said i would reset rooms every now and then if i wanted to mm. um but i would highly highly recommend it to both of you especially you jack it is um uh, yeah because you said you made you love. think of me didn't it yeah I, I i think i will get it and especially knowing it's cheaper now because i thought it was a full price game like i assumed it was gonna be like 50 quid um no. so that kind of and i, I, I think they know short. that it's not like a massive yeah. experience so yeah. they want so to they kind of to price it, it relatively uh i'll probably knowing knowing me i'll probably end up with it before next week or if not in the next couple <laughs> of weeks anyway and then i'll I'll, t I'll tell you what i thought when i do if i play it but yeah, I mean, that's uh, it does sound really cool and it does look wicked. And I think we were all excited about it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd love to give it a go. I really would. Um, like I said, for me to like, that's not even really my sort of genre. And for no. me to look at that and go, I feel like for what for whatever reason, I don't know what it is. Mm. I just looked at it and I was like, I feel like I might end up enjoying this more than Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, if Cyberpunk has a release story. Yeah, Cyberpunk ever releases. <laughs> um, so, uh, should we move on to our quiz? Yes, mm -hmm. I'm excited about today's quiz. Um, and I've gone. I my inspiration came from one of my news segments. Uh, one of my bits of news today. Uh, so I decided to do a Fast and Furious quiz. Um, oh God! So I know. So I'll be interested. And if any of you, if there's a question in here about if the, if one of the characters catches a car and you don't get it, I'll be amazed. Um, so anyway, number one. What is the name of the main character voiced by the late Paul Walker? Was it A, Brian O'Connor? Was it B, Johnny Tran? Or was it C, Danny O'Brien? It's Brian. A. It's Brian O'Connor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> I, I, I had to make the first one easy. Right. Number two. What year did the first Fast and Furious film release? Was it A, 2000? B, 2001 or C, 2002? Uh, oh. I think it's 2001. Bradley? What, what, what was the... Did you say 2000, 2001, yeah. 2002? Yeah. I'm going to go with 2000. Ooh, okay. Chris is right. 2001. Yeah, so, yeah I can just picture it for some reason. Yeah. I could too, but I wanted to make yeah, it interesting. I knew it wasn't two. Make it just it, yeah. Right. <laughs> Question three. 
which of these American rappers has not been a part of any of the films in the franchise? Is it A, Ludacris? Is it B, Ja Rule? Is it C, T-Pain? Who is Ja Rule? I'm answering that question for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, what, what was Ja Rule? Was Ja Rule B? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with Ja Rule. Just yeah, me too, idea. just because I haven't heard of him, yeah. Okay. It's probably T-Pain, the answer, though. The actual, yeah, the answer is actually T-Pain. Ja Rule <laughs> is an old-school like hip-hop rapper um, yeah. from like uh, the early 2000s and that, and he was in the first or second Fast and Furious film, and obviously okay. Lucas is a big part in quite a lot of them. So yeah. um, The one time I yeah. don't make it interesting, and I actually yeah. think it's... Yeah, no. Ludacris <laughs> is the one who's pushing for I want to space. lose, guys. <laughs> yeah, Fast Space, yeah. Um, question four. you had to redeem yourself after last week, Bradley. <laughs> no, I just want to lose, apparently. <laughs> Question four. We talked about this earlier, to be fair. What is Dominic Toretto's favourite beer? Was it A, Budweiser, B, Corona, or C, Heineken? I'd just, I'd just like to appreciate... Yeah, could, you, could you imagine him either A, with sophisticated Heineken, or B, <laughs> bottling Buds? Smashing the caps off. <laughs> He, he's so, too he's too tan to drink anything other than Corona. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did kind of think this. <laughs> do we do we both go for that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought right. that I was a bit like you can't really picture him, can you? With really, <laughs> the others, but I didn't know how well you knew the films. He is though. He's too like he's too like he's too really shiny. Too, yeah, too, too shiny. Like... <laughs> yeah. So number five. This one's just really cool fact as well. Allegedly, how many cars have been were destroyed during the making of Fast and Furious 6? Was it 320, 340, or 360? Uh, Just during the making of Fast and Furious 6. I'm going to go big with 360. God's sake, I was going to go big. Okay, 340, the next one down. You don't have to make it interesting. I want to make it interesting. (laughs) Well, I can tell you, Chris was right. It was 360. (laughs) Told you I just want to lose, right? Let me lose. Just so you know, um, fun fact about that. um, There's actually a chart for each film in the franchise. Um, Obviously, I know the budgets have got bigger as they've gone on. But oh, especially from that Fur- first one, Jack. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, I know. But Fast and Furious 6 has more total cars destroyed than 7 or 8 for some reason. I don't know why they went back down with the amount of cars they destroyed, which surprises <laughs> me. Maybe they were like, they're we're going to two- love cars in this franchise. They're in the 200s. <laughs> yeah, they're in like the 200s for, five, uh, for 7 and 8. They're like 200 and something. Oh, what a waste. Yeah, but 360. I know, it's so sad when you think about it. Nine better have 700 cars exploded. Yeah, 700 rocket ships. All at once. Yeah. Before they get to space. That that was our little quiz. Um, I I could have done with making it harder, but I didn't know how much you knew about Fast and Furious. I didn't know if you were majorly into it or not. So I thought maybe keep them relatively simple. But I, I, I don't like it. I find it very entertaining as a franchise, mm. um, but I think it's quite sad that because I've seen them all and I've seen them all a couple yeah. of times. I think I probably yeah. know quite a lot about it, sadly. Y- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, 
that was it for my quiz today. So does anybody have any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. Uh, I have one small one, and which just to tell you, Chris, I managed to get Brad uh, on Apex. Which oh, okay. I managed to get him on it. The game and... that you're always playing every time I, I get home from work <laughs> and I'm like, is he working? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, but I got Bradley on it, which was cool. But um, anyway, any other closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. No, just uh, the uh, gremlin has an apex addiction. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> we'll one, we'll yeah. let the pod know if it gets worse or better over time. <laughs> well, season seven <laughs> starts tomorrow, so probably worse. Yeah, because uh, there's a new map and everything. So yeah, I'll be talking about that soon. Next week, anyway, we'll have like dragged you away, like and forced you to cut to do the podcast. Yeah, exactly. I'll be playing while talking. But anyway, uh, that's all from us today, guys. Yeah. So uh, right, catch guys. you next week. See you later. See ya. Bye.